is grand final week. And in grand final week, you've got to have an injury story. And the story this week, as far as the Canberra Raiders are concerned, is Joey Leilua. And if Joey Leilua can't return from a knock to the calf muscle suffered against the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the preliminary final down there at GIO Stadium on Friday night, I'm nominating maybe a left field substitution. I'm going to say the player to replace Joey Leilua for the Raiders on the right-hand side, and she'd make history, is Jess Sergis from the St George Illawarra Dragons NRLW team. She should be the player to replace Joey Leilua for the Raiders. Now, I know Jess has got a grand final to play, but she's such a talent. I'm sure she could play in the women's grand final and then back up an hour or so later for the Canberra Raiders. Now, I've got no doubt she would do a job for the Raiders in the grand final against the Roosters. Hi, everybody. It's Warren Smith, Lara Pitt, and Matt Russell to take you through an hour or so of rugby league chat off the back of what we saw over the weekend and what's coming up at ANZ Stadium on Sunday. Uh, Jess Sergis, you called the game. Lara, you were on the sideline. What a talent she is. If she is read out as Dallium Female Player of the Year, I am cheering because she's my number one pick. And isn't this uncanny? As I drove in this morning from Wollongong to our podcast hub here in Artarman through Brighton Lasands, just outside the Novotel, who should I see crossing no. the road? Jess Sergis with Zach Lomax. <laughs> so I've seen her crossing the road. I come in here to the podcast. She's the first talking point, Lara, with very, very good reason. Absolutely. Have you seen her Instagram page? No. You can't, you're not going to confess that you follow her like everybody else? You asked me on Saturday (laughs) night, am I on Instagram? And my answer was, I'm not. My kids tell me I am, but apparently I am. I just don't know it. You don't have to You've got an Instagram page. Yeah. He doesn't use it. It was started by, no, Ben Way started it for me, a former Fox Sports News colleague. Mm. I I had a look. I've got zero posts according to my children. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, just for your sake, get on there. Follow Jess. She posted on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, an incredible video of herself in the gym. What do you call it when you put the weights behind your... The really heavy weights and do squats. What's that called? Yeah, squats. Squats. Is it squats? But like Lunges? bench, is oh. it when you've got like a heavy amount of weight? A clean. Oh, whatever. A well, clearly clean I am You a... clean it and then you jerk it. No, no, just down and up. Anyway, just a lot of weight. Shoulder press. Maybe. Anyway, just watch it. Her muscles in her legs and her butt are ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think, I think she could uh, lift more than most of the blokes in the back line for the Raiders. Look, I'm watching it now. I just got it up yeah. on Instagram. And here she is. What do you call that? Is it just a squat with a heavy weight? She's got the weight (laughs) across the back of her shoulders. No, she's just doing squats. Yeah, but with a lot of weight weight. on the end. And that's after they'd played against the Warriors on the Sunday. And isn't she so appropriately named? Jess Sergis. Her nickname, her surname should be the the nickname for how she plays. She just surges onto the ball, into the defence, down the field. It's great to watch and it's going to be a fantastic NRLW grand final. Brisbane, fresh from their first defeat since the competition started, against the Dragons who hit half-time against the Warriors at Mount Smart and someone sprinkled magic dust over them. 26 unanswered points in the second half in New Zealand into a big win at Leichhardt. And in my mind, as I'm contemplating calling it, I'm thinking, you know what, the Dragons might almost be favourites against the reigning premiers in that uh, grand final on grand final day. Well, they came into the competition as favourites and when they lost the first game against the Broncos, they were last on the competition table. So they've certainly turned it around. It's it's not a lot of time to do it. I don't know if they could be favourites because they know that Brisbane is certainly the benchmark, but it'll be a great, it'll be a great lead up to the big one. 
Jessica, sir, just 24,000 followers on Instagram. It'll be 124,000 if she can do what she did against the Roosters in the grand final on a big stage at ANZ on Sunday. I've got Jess Surgis on one side, Tiana Penatani, who's equally adept at running the ball, hitting a hole and, and looks a real athlete as well. They're, they're great to watch. The women's game, I must say, in a very short period of time has come a long, long way. The physicality has always been there. I think the skill level's gone up yeah. a mark or two this season. Their kicking's definitely improving. And the crowds at Mount Smart and yesterday at Leichhardt was, they're, they're not huge crowds, but they are fantastic crowds for uh, a relatively new competition only in its second year. I think the NRL is testing the waters there to see the uh, appetite for the women's game by giving them the opportunity to have standalone. And hopefully, if, you know, yesterday they got to nearly 2,500. If they can do that next year and, and get to 5,000 and, you know, just like the uh, Origin game gets such a wonderful crowd. People need to know about it. I mean, I turned up there yesterday and didn't even think I should have brought my kids along. They had jumping castles and everything happening. So people, just the word needs to get out because it was it was such an entertaining game to watch. If it had come 10 years ago, El Pitt could have been flashing down the sideline yeah. for the Dragons NRLW team. Basketball slash rugby league crossover. Hey, hey, there are ladies playing at the moment that are older than me, so I could still do Well, why don't you do play? Well, I've got a bung knee. And I also don't know, even know what a squat with a heavy weight is, Matthew. <laughs> so do you think I'm capable there, of there are, training There are many mothers level? in these teams. There well, are. You're not that old. I'm not. I would go straight to I'd be Brian Johnson and say, could I please get a start with the NRLW team? He will rubber stamp that <laughs> and in you come. Yeah, I'll be on the coaching staff. How about that? That's a good move, I reckon, mm. because uh, out there um, with the girls, boy, the ladies, they are real athletes. Yeah, I think uh, they'd and, kill and, me. I went. I bounced from. I didn't uh, get get to Leichhardt, but I watched it and then watched the Canterbury Cup final between the Magpies, Winnie Magpies, and the Newtown Jets. I guess maybe about a similar size crowd. Certainly no more than a couple of thousand. I wouldn't have thought at Bankwest Stadium wasn't a big crowd by any stretch. But in that stadium, it you know about the noise bounces around as we know. It didn't sound too bad. I was far more invested in watching the women's game. Now I know there's a newness factor to it and. Um, but I thought, you know, the skill level, as you mentioned, has improved dramatically over the past two or three years now. Um, and I just, you know, the, the, the Canterbury Cup final was okay, but there wasn't a real excitement factor to it. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, I've been a big proponent of having a 17th and an 18th team in the NRL, and I'm watching the final between the two best New South Wales teams. Now, admittedly, if you had a 17th and an 18th team come into the NRL, it would be made up of the best players outside the system at the moment from across the New South Wales Cup and the Queensland Cup. So seeing the two best New South Wales teams head-to-head like that isn't a true indicator as to the standard of potentially the 17th or an 18th team. But I thought the standard was pretty ordinary, I've got to say, in the Canterbury Cup final. It wasn't great. The try at the end, though, was. That well, was breathtaking. The, the, you know, going to extra time and Billy Magulius kicking over the top for Tyrone Phillips and then back on the inside for the, the, tr- the winning try to be scored. William Kennedy, wasn't it? Bubba Kennedy. That's yep. right, exactly. Son of a legend, as we yeah. know, from the central west of New South Wales. And he played some games at fullback for the Sharks earlier in this year. And the Jets are the feeder team for Cronulla. But, you know, the standard in general wasn't, it wasn't great. I didn't think it, it wasn't a riveting sort of contest for the most part. Um, I was, like, as I said, far more invested in the women's game. And, um, you know, ratings are hard to compare between free-to-air and subscription TV. But I reckon that the numbers for the, the women's NRLW game yesterday would have been pretty good. And there's a lot of upside there. There's a lot of growth in mm. the women's game as to live attendance and then uh, numbers on TV and sponsorships and everything that goes with that 
off the back of it compared to the Canterbury Cup, which I think will always be, you know, at the level it's at. I can't. Well, it's reserve lot, grade. These, these exactly. Are, yeah, these these girls are at the top of the the tree, and they should be. Mm. It, I love seeing the people that come and watch. It's great to that Latrell Mitchell, even though he wanted he shooed the cameras away. People want to see that. They want to see the big stars of the NRL supporting. And I know that the I know he got there, but I know that a lot of the Roosters players had to do recovery yesterday, so they couldn't get to the game um, themselves. But you know. If the if the NRL boys can get out there and support it, fans will want to go too. I'm sure. And a great reason to tune in to Fox League early on Grand Final day. You get to see the state championship between Burley and Newtown, NRLW, Brisbane against St George Illawarra, and then was the big one. Yeah, fantastic. The R-rated Grand Final: Ricky against Robbo, Raiders against the Roosters. <laughs> R-rated. I hadn't thought about it in that context. I like that. That's good. Ricky and Robbo, Raiders. And Roosters. And you know what else I like? I like that right throughout the NRL finals, this podcast is brought to you by the Monopoly game at Macca's. You can peel your way to over 69 million prizes. Only one prize or maybe three prizes, I guess, on Sunday at ANZ Stadium. But at Macca's, 69 million prizes. I wonder whether Lara Pitt got one of those prizes was because on Saturday night she was due diligence personified sideline, rushing here and there to get all the news and then after the games, in the sheds, interviewing, etc., etc., couldn't sleep on her way home. So she went to the Bondi McDonald's, three quarter pounders, six large fries, <laughs> McNuggets, thick shake and a chocolate sundae. That's good. And uh, I'm never Lara. telling you my guilty pleasure stories Lara. ever again because uh. you've just exposed me badly. <laughs> I, To be honest, I didn't get three quarter pounders. I got a cheeseburger meal. So I went low. I, it was this 11.30 at night. Uh, and I can tell you there was some interesting customers in the Bondi McDonald's, some very uh, well-lubricated young <laughs> 16-year-old kids behaving like badly, but I got in there out as quickly as, quickly as I could and enjoyed my cheeseburger before quickly racing home. So thanks, Maddie, for No worries. We'll look after our <laughs> sponsors. I'm glad to see you are doing that, Lara. Yes. Fantastic. Outstanding. Uh, where do you want to start as far as the games over the weekend with the, uh, the Raiders getting through to the grand final for the first time in 25 long seasons and the Roosters um, winning a, uh, a tough, low-scoring uh, defensive affair against the Melbourne Storm, exactly as we would have predicted uh, last week? Can I start at the end of the first game? Because after the Raiders had won, yep. after they had beaten South Sydney. For me, the highlight was again Sia Soliola being handed the drum by the Canberra Raiders fans, that record rugby league crowd at GIO Stadium, staying there seemingly to a man and a woman to join in with another Viking clap after victory as they run on. That was good, but the one post full time, that was better. Led by Sia Soliola, who at 33 made his debut in 2005, had never played or has never played in an NRL grand final, but finally... He's into one. I spoke to him about that in the dressing rooms afterwards. He said he came back from England Super League just to see whether he could do it still in the NRL. Not intending to be around for a long time, but was so welcomed by the Raiders, uh, found such a home in Canberra that he's playing now much longer than he thought he would. And here he is into his first grand final. Softly spoken, but he's been anointed the official player's leader of mm. the Viking clap. That was my highlight. Everybody has a heart and soul of a team and you wouldn't know it at C.S. Oliola when you speak to him because he is so softly spoken, but without a doubt, he is the, the player's favourite. He's the one they all want to follow out there on the field and he's up for the Ken Stephen medal which for all of his work in the community and he's my red-hot tip to win it. It's a fantastic story. 
isn't it, the Raiders, uh, you know, 25 years, um, all the legends, Mal's going to blow the horn before the Viking clap at the grand final on Sunday, all of that. But you, ha- you go back to 2014 and in doing some prep for the game, um, remember, and it was, there'll be plenty of talk this week, quite obviously, about James Tedesco facing the Raiders, who he snubbed back in 2014. And they'd signed him, then he... Um, just you know, got cold feet and said, no, I'm going to stay at the Tigers as it was at the time. But in that seven-day period when James Tedesco, well, whether he rung Ricky or the manager rang Ricky or whatever, whoever had played out that way, but Kevin Proctor and also Josh Mansour at the same time all knocked Ricky back. So they were after Kevin Proctor was a you know big-ticket item as far as those guys off contract at the time. Josh Mansour, same deal. You know, get to pick up a, a great fullback, a great winger, and a great edge forward would have really helped the Raiders at that time. And and 2014, I guess, this had been happening, you know, beyond that, you know, back to when Matt Elliott was coaching and others down there in the nation's capital. They just struggled to get players to go down there. So they miss out on Tedesco, they miss out on Proctor, they miss out on Mansour. And Ricky's like, well, you know, where do you go from there? And they, they turned to England. And he spoke to Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown uh, recommended Josh Hodgson as a hooker, needed a hooker. So they got Josh Hodgson, weren't expecting him to be, turn out to be the player that he is. And then off the back of that, Elliot Whitehead saw Hodgson do well, so he thought, I can go over. So he came the next year and it's just built from there, hasn't it? And, you know, here they are. They've reinvented the team and they're a massive chance on Sunday. I know they've been beaten twice in the two games they've played. Roosters beat them 30 points to 24 up at uh, the Magic Round in Round 9 up at Suncorp Stadium. And then 22-18. So a a six-point game and a four-point game. Uh, The Raiders could have won both of those. The Roosters will be... at, at. you know, a stronger team in the grand final, depending if Jake Friend plays or not. We won't know, I don't think, really until an hour before the game when they officially announce the team. But he'll be named in the 21 again, no question about that. But they're a big chance. to, And it would be a hell of a story if the Raiders could find a way. And it's, you know, if you're in there, you've got a punch's chance. You're a, it's a mm-hmm. 50-50 bet. Just an update on BJ Leilua. The Raiders have said that is a leg contusion, so in the calf. And Dr Google says that it can take a few days up to two weeks for something like that to heal. But you'd imagine that it's not something that would keep him out of a grand final unless it was a t- in, he was in terrible pain. Yeah, it looked like a really bad cork where he caught the boot of, I can't remember who it was now, but it, the boot, the, the heel of the boot just boom right into the calf muscle. Um, which is a, better a, than a tear or a, a strain. Better, absolutely, but, you know, corks can be really debilitating, especially in the calf. Mm. Um, you know, it's probably not a, a worse place you could get one, I wouldn't mm. have thought. So I think he'd be touch and go given the way he, you know, he couldn't continue in the game immediately. And that's that's a bad sign. If he was able to run it out and then it sort of, you know, seized up on him after the game, that would be a better sign. But the fact that he had to leave the field straight away, yeah, I think I'm, I would, at this stage, you know, I've, you know I'm not a doctor, but I'm, I would bet that he may not play. You were both there. So you can tell me if this was correct, the feeling that you saw and got from the Raiders. They look jittery watching it at home and Joey Leilua conceded a costly penalty which led to the Rabbitohs scoring the first points and the whole game they were under the pump. It didn't feel comfortable at all, that, that result. It felt like they, and I think prelims can be like that because you know, oh my gosh, we're so close but we could stuff this up. And it felt like very realistically that was going to happen, especially when um, Charles Nickel Klockstad got 
sin bin. I thought, oh no, here we go. Very fair assessment. I thought to myself, full house, so much expectation. The Raiders expected to win so much, wanting to be in the grand final. And with 10 to go, when Sam came back on, Chance went off sin bin. South Sydney with the momentum. I could really see the Raiders getting beaten. Uh, I think that they'll be a freer team in the grand final. Of course, they have just as much to lose. It's a premiership decider. But they play better when they're not favourites. I, I think they'll be unshackled in my mind in the grand final as opposed to the prelim final where all the expectations were on them. And I thought the first half from, from Josh Hodgson was one of the best 40-minute games I've seen. I know that he probably should have come off. We might get your thoughts on that. But he was – his tackling, his stripping, uh, his presence, he was fantastic. In the end, um, the, the man of the match would have been big pup, uh, Josh Papali. But – at 40 minutes, at halftime, my man of the match was Josh Hodgson. Oh, and, you know, you can say that in a number of games throughout the season, couldn't you, that Josh Hodgson was the, the Raiders' best. Um, should he come off? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he should have. I yeah, asked given, him about it. Given, given the replay. Look, and he, look, said it was he, he seemed to recover from it really quickly. And he was involved in a couple of key plays off the back of that collision where he sort of, you know, fell out of the tackle and he got to his feet and there was a half stumble there and... You know, from what we know, all the indicators, what the things they're looking for as signs of a concussion or concussive symptoms, then, yeah, he should have come from the field. I've got no doubt about that. But uh, And there are calls off the back of that that we should have independent doctors, but then the clubs and doctors maybe at clubs would say, well, we know the players best. We work with them all the time and we know how they react to knocks and how, you know, some. and as we know, concussion is a... It's a very grey thing. Some people, you know, a little tap on the head and they're concussed and they're, they're in a bad way and other people can get really whacked and they deal with that better. That's just one of those, you know, crazy things. Um, I couldn't see a situation in the near future where it's purely up to an independent doctor to say they've got to come off the field. I, th- I think there'd be, you know, something to be said. Like if, if you... If you go to if you're crook and you go to the doctor, you go to your local GP, someone who knows your history. That's always an easier way to go, isn't it? So, in the case of players being concussed on the field and then being assessed on the field or off the field by the doctor, should that be the case, then I I think the club doctor is still best place. And uh, even so, if we had a situation where an independent doctor sent to the Raiders on Friday night that Josh Hodgson has to come off the field. Well, it, it would have been quite the scene, wouldn't it? Because he'd have been on the field saying, no, I'm right, I'm mm-hmm. right. And he'd have been pushing the potentially, this is how it would play out in my mind, he'd be there maybe pushing the trainer away going, well, I'm not coming from the field, I'm okay. That bloke doesn't know me. I know he saw what happened, but look at me. I'm okay. You pass me with the, as I've termed it, the, the standing eight count as far as the HIA on field is concerned. So, you know, it's, it's fine to say we should go for independent doctors, but that, you know, there's no, there's no perfect situation, is there? There's no great – there's no perfect solution. And with Josh Hodgson in mind, does Robbo and the Roosters, do they step up their ball security at training this week? Do they have special sessions designed around holding the ball, given that Robbo is on the record as hating this strip rule? And in the decider, they're playing the team that strips the ball better than anyone in the league and has the man who does it three times as well as any other bloke in the league. And that was the big talking point off their last yeah. meeting when the Roosters beat the Raiders down there at GIO Stadium 22-18, that was the big talking point off the back of the game. And, and Ricky came out afterwards and said, you know what, I, he was hedging his bets a little bit on it. He said, they're only blowing up because we're good at it, but I understand 
why they're blowing up. And, of course, we had that situation in the game between uh, Parramatta and the Bulldogs, was it, where there were some contentious calls on strips and the referees were under the pump for getting a couple wrong and they put their hand up and said, yeah, we got those wrong. But there were a couple in the game on Friday night. It's a split-second thing. Mm. Honestly, there's, there, there were a couple where – and there were a couple more maybe in the Roosters and Storm game as well – uh, where it's such a fine thing where the second player is only just released from the tackle and the ball is then being reefed out by player X. It's such a tough call still for the referees. And, you know, it wouldn't be a huge surprise to see a call. And we will see, obviously, the Raiders would be out there trying to rip strips on, on Sunday against mm. the Roosters. It will be a point, and if, if the referees get one wrong, because it's such a fine line, it'll be a massive talking point, quite obviously, if it turns out to be a game-changing event. But it's, it's such a tough call still for the referees. I'm still a bit iffy about the whole thing. I, I saw Jess Surgis do one yesterday. I'm not iffy about it. I'll be selfish speaking as a fan, definitely not a coach. But I like the, yeah, the, con- the, 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 the fact, fact that we've got that a contest for the ball. Blink your eye, but... and the momentum goes the other way. Sure. And, you know, like there's a minute to play. A team is deliberately playing the ball slowly, trying to work the clock. I'm watching, invested more than I used to be in that last minute, thinking the team here that needs to score can still strip the ball. There's still a chance. Of course they could drop it or give it back any other way, but this adds another element to it. And watching that Jess Surgis strip in the NRLW game yesterday, it was brilliant. And I, I know that it's going to be controversial at times in a close call. We're going to get it wrong, but it's another dimension to the game that I think just breeds excitement for the fans. And that's what we're about. I think it's funny, though, that Josh Hodgson said earlier in the year that it's not pre-planned because there was definitely a key word if you watch that strip on replay – there were three of them. I think it was Sia was in the tackle and someone else with Josh. And he's, and he's, he, the camera's got his face and he's yelled out whatever the word was and they both just went, boop, jumped off the tackle and he stripped him. And we know that it's not pre-planned in that you're not running into a tackle knowing this is the tackle, we're going to do it. But mm. there's a, there is a method to their madness and it works. And I, I can't find the article right now, but I remember after you mentioned that the Roosters played the Raiders and it was all about... Robbo saying, oh, if they're going to get us down and dirty, we can get down and dirty in games. And they just um, frustrated the Roosters and um, they did get the result. Uh, but I remember he, he obviously doesn't like the strip rule very much. And I feel like Jared Rhea Hargraves also said it during the week after that game that he doesn't really like it. Like it, it just messes with him a little bit. And, you know, big Jared's back this week and he's admitted he doesn't like it. So what do you think they're going to do this week? Who do you think they might try and target? Absolutely. Because it messes with your mind. If you, all you, Your role is so simple, right? We always hear that all you've got to do, everyone has their role and it's simple. But if you second-guessing, oh, they're going to try and strip me every time I take a hit up. It makes you insecure, surely. And, Love it. you know, Jared is a taller player, quite obviously, and you know, you would think that the taller players are more prone to being having the ball stripped from them because it's easy to get a couple in the tackle and hold them up and get them in that position where the third man or second man can get a, get a purchase on the ball and then... You know, was, was it zoo? Was that was that the code word zoo? That money, money. There was money. I'm sure at once. It has yeah. to change week to week. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it from half to half, uh, because once it works in the first half and the other team cottons on that, that's the code word. I dare say they probably go into a game and have much fun uh, coming up with a code word, probably for each 40 minute period. Anyway, it promises to be a, a big story in the build-up to the game and then in the game itself because they're so good at it. I mean, he's the king by a, well, what about this a for a mile, scenario? Josh Hodgson. Was and Lara 
18-16. Roosters lead, 60 seconds to go. Roosters coming off their line, working the clock. Hodgson strips the ball, 10 out. Raiders straight on the attack. Is that a scenario we want to see? Of course it is. Yeah, for sure. Why would we hate the strip rule? Yeah, well, and, and but okay, <laughs> let's now, go. Let's go the other on the way. video. And there was two in the tackle, and there was two in the tackle, or um, the referee. The ref, was good there was actually spot that. it was a clean strip, and they should have had the ball. But the referee blows the whistle, thinking there was two in the tackle, and then the post-game press conference is dominated by the refs missing the call, blowing a penalty to the Roosters because Hodgson stripped it cleanly. But the referee thought, saw it otherwise. Well, so that, it, go, it can go both ways. That's right. That could happen with the play of the ball. Isn't it, it funny how we sit here and we, we say we love it and then you think back to what Robbo said and he was really frustrated after that game when they were doing those strips. He was like, what is it? Honestly, has that added to the spectacle of the game? Yes, it has. Yeah, exactly. And, but and he can't see the logic in that. I know. And you know what's strange? When you hear a man of uh, Robbo's coaching credentials saying that, my, I second-guess myself. I must be wrong because mm. Robbo has a standing in the game that you, you need to listen to what he says. But then you have Matthew Johns who comes back and says, I love it. It's great. One of the great introductions. So Robbo is on one side of the rainbow. Matty Johns is on the other. Mm. You know, there, there's two rugby league And it can minds. go wrong. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like there's risk in doing it. Well, it went wrong for them in the first half against the Rabbitohs. Um, there was a situation where they uh, ripped the ball out and gave the Rabbitohs six more tackles, I think, from memory. Um, right. So I'm, I'm a bit 50-50 because I can see Trent Robinson's point because – and we haven't grown up watching rugby league and seen it played like that. It's a very new thing and it's – you know, the rule has been the rule for a couple of seasons now, but it's this year – you know, teams have really cottoned on and it's exploded, the technique. And it's, you know, I, I say, I'm, like I say, I'm a bit 50-50 because I think the refs, it puts them under the pump massively. Did they get out? Was there two in the tackle? Was there not two in the tackle? Was he still, did he, was he touching his finger? You know, whatever else. Uh, let's, let's hope it isn't an issue on Sunday. But if it is, don't be surprised because it will be a factor in the game. Indeed, the Raiders, they're into the grand final against the Roosters. What would you make of their win against Melbourne? Uh, the Roosters against uh, Melbourne was exactly, I think, as we described last week. Uh, despite Jared Waria Hargreaves not playing in the game, their defence was going to be pivotal and they would be able still to defend as the Roosters can defend, even without Jared in the middle of the field. And... It'll be his last game in the NRL unless he... And there was some talk about this over the weekend that potentially, could you believe this, that Cooper Cronk could potentially go back and play with Melbourne next year? Really? Yeah. Well, Where it, was it, that? It, it, just tossed up. Was really? That, do you reckon... That, is that a chance, do you think? No. God, no. Because I reckon, I reckon they're still... Look, they're obviously... The embrace between Bellamy and Cronk was so long and, and, and uh, meaningful, seemingly, watching on well, that uh, anything's possible, I suppose, but that's... Craig no, Bellamy... Craig Bellamy would have him back in a heartbeat, wouldn't he? Of course he would. But is that a long-term solution? And, that's well, one more year. And there's a standing agreement, apparently, mm. that if Cooper was to continue on, he could stay at the Roosters, but if he was to continue on in the NRL that if he left the Roosters, that he would have to go back to Melbourne. Now, you could probably get out of that because, you know, it's, it's an agreement as long as both parties agree to it at the time. And if there's, you know, a difference, then they can go your own ways. But um, he, he is the difference. I, I reckon Cooper at times can go through games and he just, you know, he's just 
getting through his passes, getting kicks away, whatever else, and he looks like any other halfback in the league. He made two massive tackles defensively You're on right. their own line in the when Melbourne were dominating through the middle part of that second half. He cut down Justin Ollum one-on-one on the line and made a really good tackle on a forward as well. I think it was Kenny Bromwich one-on-one on their line. And then, not long after that, takes it to the line. Uh, Vic Radley gets a quickish play the ball and Cooper senses that Melbourne are unsettled on their left edge, goes to them, and if you watch the replay, they're all retreating in defence. He takes the space available to him, puts Crichton through a gap, backs up on the inside, Mm. could have thrown a crazy ball thinking we we can score here and and lost his head, takes the tackle, they go to the right-hand side and Tedesco scores the try that put Melbourne away. And he did it with, with the ball and without the ball and he is still a major influence, as Cameron Smith is, a major influence in deciding games for the team he plays for. It was, I thought it was a sensational second half from the number seven. So Cronk and Keary against Caesar and Whiten. That's the halves matchup in the grand final. And Cooper Cronk might retire, might retire, who knows, <laughs> with three straight grand finals. Remarkable. And grand final victories. Ninth grand final in 16 seasons. In the NRL. The sense I got being at the SCG on Saturday in the storm and probably not necessarily the complete and utter judge on this, but they, the word from them in the tunnel after the game was that good luck the Raiders because they are, un, they were holding on by a thin thread to keep them to the points that they did. And the Roosters, if anything, were not as clinical as they could have been. They threw a few passes out over the sideline on either edge uh, and, and the storm, you know, kept it a respectable scoreline, that's for sure, because it was one of those really defensive-orientated games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Cameron Smith's even come out and backed the Roosters to to do a, a number on the Raiders because they're just so they're relentless. That whole game was relentless. So the Storm definitely mm. gave it everything and they had their opportunities as well. Um, they they were busted at halftime. They were down from – Kafusi was down. They'd had, a number, they'd had a couple of head knocks and then – well, they lost Pappenhausen at the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it definitely felt like the whole game, the, the two benches were very reflective of the comfort levels and the Storm were on their feet the whole time, mm. pacing, and the Roosters, you know, look like, as usual, uh, in cal- calming and in control. And, and summing up your point, Lara, it was a game where there was 14 penalties and 24 errors. So... It wasn't a game where the Roosters could click into their gear and really run away with the game. Uh, who knows how the grand final is going to be? You wouldn't imagine there'd be 14 penalties in the grand final. Uh, the referees would be trying not to have mm. that many penalties. But if it's that sort of game and you've got to blow them, you blow them so we can see a bit of football potentially. And there were also, you mentioned those head knocks. I mean, there were so many stoppages in that game for injuries. And, and that's and we've spoken about this during the year as well on the podcast that... You know, the referees now are just going to call time off if there's an injury of pretty much any nature. You know, can, we've, we've seen play or time off for cramps, all manner of things. So that was just unthinkable not that long ago in the game. But the referees, and I've got no issue with them doing it because they're under the pump massively and they're supposed to be all things to all people. And they will just go, you know, there's an injury. We don't know what it, the nature of it is, whether it's super serious. If, we, if, we let, if there's players injured with, you know, head knocks or, or otherwise. And we let play go on, we get crucified. So if someone's down, it's just time off. And we'll see, I'm sure, plenty of stoppages throughout the game as well in, in the grand final. Because it, it, it'll be willing. Both games were 
as physical as it gets on Friday night in Canberra and then Saturday night at the SEG. Boy, it's two physical contests. So mm. it'll be the same in, in, you know, they'll be ripping and tearing on both sides of the, the ball, um, both clubs. And it, it'll, it'll be one of those games where uh, if the, the referees will be crucial because if it devolves into a, a wrestle fest and there's only, say, five penalties in the game, then we won't see a lot of footy. It, it, it might be 10-6, the final scoreline, because the Raiders are very good defensively as well. Yep. We can't sell them short there. That, that One of the big reasons they're in the grand final is their defence, and in the past they've had weaknesses in certain spots, and Aidan Caesar will be the starting halfback in the grand final. And one of the reasons he's, he's held his spot above Sam Williams is his defence. He's been very good on that right-hand side of the field. And Jack Whiten is a huge body as a 5'8 on the left-hand side. And places where you would think there might be, you know, weaknesses, and, and certainly the Rabbitohs with Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. Now, I thought they were both good defensively against the Raiders, but at times they can be exposed defensively. Mm-hmm. And But the Raiders, I don't think you, you, that that isn't there. That avenue isn't there for the most part with Aidan Caesar and Jack White, and they've both been very good. So it, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I can't see... Um, the Roosters... You know, might do a number on them. It's, it might be like the AFL, where Richmond come out and, and the Giants. I don't know that the Giants were overawed, but Richmond were just too good for them. And once the floodgates opened, it was on for young and old. And, and the Roosters have that potential, don't they? If they play a first half, like they played in the first half last year against Melbourne, well, yeah, it 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 might be a, a non-event because they were perfect. They played the perfect half of football. It was unbelievable that first half last year. You they, they had the Roosters to win by 89 points on <laughs> Sunday, are you? A bit like the AFL grand final. No. No, <laughs> no I'm, honestly, not. I don't think... I think it will be a, a low-scoring tight affair. A, a similar scoreline to what we saw on Saturday night. I, I can't see... I can't see the Raiders being blown out. And, and that would make for an exciting game. And I think in a way their prelim final win sums up their season. They saved three tries defensively. They scored one of their own through their... Defence, their aggressive defence for the Jared Croker situation. So there's four tries, either scored or averted through defence, and then they win it through their player of the year, their three-time and reigning back-to-back uh, Meninga medalist in Josh Papali. There's their season in one 80-minute period, and that's why they're in the grand final. You, you mentioned the fact they'll be ripping and tearing in defence in the grand final. Uh, I just want to ask you about Luke Keary's rip and tear. I didn't mind about the, <laughs> the hair being pulled out, whatever. If you're going to have long hair, it's an absolute risk. And well, it's I think that fault. was incidental. I think that yeah. was just an accident. He was angry, though, because he got fend and he got a big fend from yeah, sure. Fusi. I think watching it again this morning, he, he retaliated with that swinging arm. Sure. I uh, am surprised. I, I don't have a problem with him not being... Suspended. Not missing the grand final because no one wants to see Luke Curry. But I do say if that's someone else, a thug of the game, and there are a few thugs who get a bad rap sheet with, yes, because they've got priors, but maybe it's because he's only five foot two, Luke Curry, <laughs> and shouldn't really be able to hurt Kavusi. Kif- but he, he should have probably been in a bit more strife than that because it, was, it wasn't careless. He was pissed off. Absolutely. That was a retaliating swinging arm. It happened straight in front of us. He mm. took objection to the... Fenn that was almost a punch, uh, uh, just an open-palmed yeah. slap in the middle of the chest slash neck. Uh, it was vicious. It wasn't just a palm. It was a good Fenn. It was an aggressive Fenn. Uh, in rugby, Luke both of them would be like in the it. bin. Absolutely. Luke didn't like it and thought, well, if you're going to come at me like that, I'll come back at you with this. It was 100% intentional. Mm. It wasn't careless. Absolutely. I think for the most part he got him across the upper chest, though, and then and then got him... You know, so on the bottom of the jaw. I know there's contact there and that's all there has to be. Yeah, put it this way. If it was Jared Rehargraves, he'd be done. 
because he's got a bigger arm. Well, he'd be done because of his record. Yeah. Mm. So a grade one for Jared is, is a suspension, as we know. If he's found guilty of a grade one anything, mm. it's a suspension because of his, his record uh, over the past couple of years. And, um, and Kafusi went off, but Lara had picked it up. He, he wasn't – I don't think he was kept off by virtue of any head injury. He had a significant rib problem. Yeah. And uh, was paddling, wasn't he, Lars? He was, he was, in was the struggling. Sheds. So I was in the tunnel for a fair amount of time at halftime and the door kept swinging open and I could just see him sitting in the same position, just in the, you know, the underneath the locker. He was just sitting there the whole time. And then when I came back at full time, the door swung open and he was still sitting there. So I think he must have picked up at quite a significant rib injury. He landed injury. on someone's yeah. boot. boot. Yeah. And, and it was, yeah, who knows what it, it might be cracked, cartilage, who knows, but he was struggling to stay on there. Uh, he was hunched over like an old man with a really bad back for those yeah. those sets of six. Yeah. After that injury, it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. how's he staying on the field? This bloke, sort of, yeah. you know, like in that sort of hunched over, like, oh my god, I just want to go to a corner of a room somewhere yeah. and cry. And, and you know what? You, you get a great um, bird's eye view into the bravery and fitness and resolve of these athletes because we saw roosters going at him, and I thought, there's no way he's going to be able to make this tackle, but somehow. Probably through fear of embarrassment, he'd get his body in front, make the tackle, get back up as if it was, you know, force 10 pain in mm. the ribcage and take his place in the defensive line again. Mm. Remarkable. Yeah. Game in, game out. And speaking of insight, it was, you know, you take for granted that you're down there at the end of a game and you see the victory, but then you see the impact of bowing out in a prelim and I was in the tunnel outside the storm sheds and all the family and friends were waiting to get into the rooms and big Nelson who's let's say like what we know he's 200 centimetres isn't he he comes out of the sheds and just bursts into tears and um, his partner was there and she's trying her hardest she's again probably average height so she's trying her hardest to get her arms around this big unit to give him a a cuddle and make him feel better Um, but yeah it was a raw moment there was maybe 50 people standing there, all of us just waiting in the media and family and friends and, yeah, summed up summed up what the storm, like, we don't understand. Like, we, mm. we, it's just a game for us, but they've flogged themselves all year and pre-season and, yeah, it's it's definitely this, the other side of the coin that we're going to quickly forget when we're getting ready for a grand final. And the talk about Cameron Smith potentially retiring, you know, ahead, a year ahead because he signed through until the end of 2020. Well, that was dropped the day before. So Bellamy, I think Bellamy was, was asked about, asked it, in the about it in the presser right. on Saturday and he uh, – on sun, on Friday, sorry, and he said – because it was just a, probably just a, oh, we'll better just touch on Cameron, you know, and I don't think anyone was expecting Bellamy to go, oh, we'll see. He's going to talk to his it's family his about call. it. It's his call. We'll support him no matter what. And everyone's like, oh. So this is a thing. He might not play next year. Because last I heard, he was playing next year and maybe 2021. Well, that's you know, what we expect because he's gone so long now and he's in such good condition and such an influential player. So we expect him to play you know, as long as he wants in mm. 2021, 2022. Who knows? Um, that would be extraordinary. But um, I, I can't see it. Uh, in his comments with Billy Slater after the game, he said that love for the game is still there. If, if, if he didn't say that, if he was making sort of, you know, noises and, and sort of trotting out cliches or whatever else, he'd sort of go, oh, okay, well, maybe there might be, you know, something to it. I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked. I and you can't write your own ending. It's not everybody gets to retire as Glenn Lazarus did in a Melbourne Storm jump of winning a grand final and doing cartwheels mm. at ANZ Stadium. Um, but, you know, he's such, we've said this before again, um, he's a rugby league lifer. 
isn't he? Mm. Like he's going he's to be involved in rug, with rugby league. He comes from a rugby league family. It's all he's ever known. Absolutely loves it, being involved. And he, he said it said um, during the year that he can't see himself going on to be an NRL coach because he sees what Craig Bellamy has to do and what he does to be an NRL coach. And he can't imagine, you know, devoting himself just solely to that. He's very much a family man. I, I guess, of course, the kids will grow up and beyond, you know, them finishing school, then who knows what he may well do. He might change his mind. I could see, I could, you know, I can see him being Queensland origin coach at some stage. That would be a perfect role, I think, mm. for someone like Cameron Smith. He can have media commitments, uh, some business interests outside as well, and be an, be an origin coach. Maybe him and Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk. <laughs> I just can't see him going out like that. Either can I. He's, you know, and he'll, he'll announce it, surely. Mm. He probably he might not watch the grand final, you know. Remember when Jonathan Thurston Refused, uh, yeah. kicked the field goal to take the Cowboys to their first premiership? Well, the stories afterwards were that Cam wasn't watching, couldn't bring himself to watch because they'd bowed out yep. painfully. And same scenario. He's he bowed got, out he, a week he admitted early. that I think Barb, Barb yelled out in. and said, you better watch the end of yeah, this. JT's <laughs> kicking to win it. So he went yeah. in and picked it up in the 79th minute or whenever it was. Yeah. So he might not watch this Sunday. I bet he doesn't. Too painful when you go so close but miss out and have been mm. there so often. You'd be thinking, just rubs in the pain. Mm. I think if they'd, you know, fallen into the finals in sixth or seventh or eighth, and then been bundled out in week one, maybe or maybe week two, um, it might be a different story. He might sort of think, you know what, I've I've squeezed all the or- the juice out of the orange. There's nothing mm. left for me. I can't really, I, I can't be the influence that I want to be on this team anymore. And I can't be that difference maker. But you know, getting so close. In reality, it was a try of the difference against the team who's going to potentially try and make it back-to-back premierships on Sunday. Um, I would think that seeing as they, he probably feels like they're so close still and, you know, they've got these good kids coming through. Ryan Pappenhausen has taken over from Billy Slater, made that fullback job his own. Still some question marks about the you know the halfback, what, what are they doing there and the style of football they've got. And well, apparently if, if, Cooper Gronk's going back. Well... <laughs> I can't believe honestly, that. I hadn't heard that. Wow. Honest, I mean, it's rugby league. <laughs> That's right. It? It's rugby league. So yeah. discount nothing. And it would be a hell of a story. My goodness. That would sell some papers as, you know, people still buy papers. We used to read it. We, we read about it online. I guess people still buy hard copies of papers, but <laughs> that would move some hard copies of papers. Um, Cooper Cronk <laughs> announcing he's coming back to play another season with the Melbourne Storm. Look, it's a... 0.0001% chance of happening. But if he's going to go anywhere other than the Roosters, if he thinks he's got some footy left in him, and wow. He looked battered on, on Saturday in the sheds. Yeah, I think I think He just looks like, you know, i got one more game. Of course you've mm. got one more game. Your ninth grand final. I don't think he's playing again. No. You're going to take a nice commentary position alongside you, was and Maddie. <laughs> right. That's where he'll be next year. Uh, from Cam Smith to Cooper Cronk to another great Queenslander and Canberra Raider, Mal Meninga will lead the Viking clap on grand final day. I love the fact we're going to have it on grand final day, but should we? This is a, a neutral venue. It, yeah, it's an NRL-controlled yep. scenario. Well, so you... why does the Canberra team yes. get to do what they do? And the Roosters who... Sadly, don't have anything pre-game, really. They've got a nice Easts chant and a nice Roosters oh, is chant. nice? That's about it. Nice. <laughs> I thought it was Horrible. quite good. Listen to the drums. It was like guttural. It was guttural from the far side of the ground. Yuck. You don't like it. Oh, the Viking clap's fantastic. No, East, the East <laughs> chant. You don't like the Roosters. Roosters. No, not that one. No. The Easts. <laughs> it was like a... Get, yeah. I had to have Kira Just Dip. come up with something more original. 
you know, or have a really what's the what's the well, chant? Well, the Viking clap is far from original, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's right. in our game, stolen I mean. by the from yeah. the Iceland soccer yeah. team. But it's for, it's their thing. And what do the Roosters do, fans do while the Viking claps on? Throw oh. their half-empty stubbies at the drummers or something? Oh, like boo. really? Do they just sit there, or do they? They won't get participate? involved. God no. Be mm, some kids. Yeah, maybe. With Roosters' parents wanting to do the Viking clap, <laughs> I guarantee you. Because it doesn't work if only half the stadium does it. Well, they'll have them all together, so that's the camera focus. Right. Mm. I, I like can't it. wait to I see was Mal. Suggest but I'm, I'm waiting for some narcs to shoot it down. Was <laughs> <laughs> they? Were, oh, you know that will be a story as well. And, and, uh, you say it's already a bit of a story, but I guess the closer we get, it's just when they run out. And if they win, yeah. I guarantee you, see, you'll do it at the end. And you no know what? If they didn't, uh, this is how it will be because there'll be that many Raiders fans there. If the NRL said, "Look, no, we can't have the horn unless that, you win," that's that's it. Well, exactly. Well, but we're not going to bring the horn up, and Mal can't blow the horn. Somebody they would start the Viking clap of their own volition. Yes, it would happen anyway. It would be it would, it would be organic because before they would run out, they would sense they would be able to see on the screen in the stadium that the, here come the Raiders. They're about to come down or leave the sheds into the tunnel. So there'd be a coordinated effort. There'd be, you know, 100 fans would just go, okay, here we go. Boom, clap. And then they would they would start it of their own volition and it would happen anyway, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You can't stop it. Well, it's, it's boom, boom, <laughs> clap. Oh, sorry. Boom, <laughs> boom, clap. That's exactly right. You'll, um, you'll be right amongst it, won't yeah, you? Yeah, I will be. Now, fan-wise, is it 50-50 on Sunday or do we have a leaning towards the Roosters dominating or the... Raiders lime green being more prolific around the stands. What do you think? Uh, I think it'll be pretty much 50-50. I think so too. Uh, the Roosters had tons of support, quite obviously, against an out-of-city of team last year against in the Melbourne Storm. Mm. I think there'd be uh, – there's always a bunch of neutrals, quite obviously. Well, the neutrals would be I'd... Raiders fans. The neutrals are going with the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. I'll, I'll... Don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe if you if you're a neutral and you don't like Canberra for whatever reason, then you probably cheer <laughs> for the Roosters. I don't, I don't know. The, the, uh, the Roosters, and I guess. I guess for Sydney fans, I guess the Roosters are a little bit like Manly, aren't they? There'll They've be had, some there'll be some Dragons fans and some Broncos fans from the NRLW there yep. as well. They've got to cheer for something. Those two teams. I reckon there'll be thirty thousand fans for the Roosters and be thirty thousand fans for the Raiders thereabouts, and about twenty neutrals. Yeah. Something like that. So 50-30 in favour of Who the Who will you be cheering for, are you allowed to say? Cheering? Will you be cheering for anyone? No. No. Oh, no. bull crap. One of the, no. why, I, we often cheering? get asked this. I often Hang get on. asked this, right? Hang on. Why would we be cheering? Well, if, it depends. <laughs> say, I'm not saying in your call. Of course in your call you would no. be completely unbiased. Oh, you mean like, well, but this is what, but this is what uh, we're accused of, maybe not in our call. Absolutely. No, we are. We are accused of in our call. Both sides. Being biased. And, Absolutely. And, and the past I have been, and as I think we all have been, accused by fans on Twitter of saying, oh, this is ridiculous. You are so cheering for the Cowboys yeah. tonight. And then a Cowboys family going, Oh, God, well, I know you be that any more Melbourne? on like, Saturday night, I know that some Melbourne fans were blowing up at Vossi for sort of questioning Kafusi's HIA mm. because as a fan, you're like, you know, he, of course he's got an HIA. Oh, you're Melbourne bias. Oh, I'm sorry, Sydney bias, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 it looked, didn't look like that is a kind of hit that would knock him out for the rest of a preliminary final. Well, I love it when you get at Matt Russell, at Matt Russell Fox. You can so tell you're a Team A fan. Team A has just won 36 nil. 
and apparently, because you got excited about their performance, you're a Team A fan. When the Western Suburbs Magpies ceased to compete in the uh, first grade premiership, I ceased to have a team that I cheered for and barracked for was. Okay, so I asked the wrong question. <laughs> who, who, <laughs> who do you Boy, have? Boy, didn't you didn't get our backup? Yeah, Jesus. We were, oh, hang on a second. God, we're a sensitive lot. Do you have a soft spot for either team? I don't have a soft spot for either team. Like, you know what? I, I, like like my fandom for Jess Surges. The storyline then. What's the storyline you like better? I have, the Raiders I, I have players one? who I like to see do well, but it doesn't you know it doesn't influence your call or whatever else. Or players you like enjoy watching. Mm. Like if you if you don't like enjoy watching Josh Adokar run down the wing as quick as anybody in the game, then you're not a footy fan, are you? Okay, and, so you're going you can say that about. I like and I love seeing you know big guys get through their their game, and there'll be the the Clive Churchill medal. On Sunday, I think there should be. If I was in charge, if I'm king for a day, there's two Clive Churchill medals. There's the best back and there's the best forward. Maybe we need to rename them or get a, a, a forward. Well, so we have Clive the Clive Churchill medal for the best, best back, back yep. and the Arthur Beetson medal for the best yeah. forward. Yep. That, Something like that. That's not as ludicrous an idea as you made it out to be, was. Because in, you know, in, a, in a game, you know, like James Tedesco scores that try that gets them across the line on Saturday night. Who was the man of the match? For the Roosters for, on Saturday night. On Saturday night, that is, is a very Boyd? good question. Was it Boyd? He was. He was. Fin- it was, um, was it Boyd Corden, yeah. wasn't it? Right. Yeah. But you know, so often, you know, the blokes in the middle, geez, they earn their money the hard way. Mm. And, and but does it dilute it a little see, bit? You know what? I want to see Latrell Mitchell at his acrobatic, um, athletic best. I want to see the control and game nous of Cooper Cronk. I want to see Jack Whiten in the halves. I want to see Josh Hodgson with his guile and another strip. So that's the way. I'm not. Avoiding your question. So but I go in wanting to see these players show me their best. I will say the Canberra Raiders are a joy to deal with when it comes to your sideline duties in terms of going out of their way to try and facilitate your requests more so perhaps than other clubs in the league. So therefore you're going for them. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, You've given it away them, based I on your... to be honest, straight up, so, um, accommodating yes, and they treat you in the way that you deserve to be treated. If, if, you're, if you're mischievous and you're looking to cause trouble, then they'll quickly identify you. If you're there doing your job, they'll go out of your way to look after you. Yep. I, I just like, you know, you can, and there are stories, there are great stories. With any winning team in a grand final, there are great backstories, quite obviously. And, and what a story it would be. In his ninth grand final, Cooper Cronk goes out, his final game, barring coming back next year, his final game, he goes out a winner. The Roosters win it back-to-back for the first time in 26 seasons since the Broncos in 92, 93, you know, Unified competition. That's a great story in itself. And there'd be so many great stories. Sam Verrills could well be yeah. a winning hooker in a premiership team in his first season. You know, gets a chance with Jake Friend. And they went with Vic Radley early on, but eventually they realised they needed Radley in the lock forward role. He was better served there, you know, at first receiver and giving them a bit of width through the middle of the field. Sam Verrills comes in and makes every post a winner, as they say in the classics, and wins a, wins a premiership medal. In his first season. Not as good a story as Marlon Pickett playing for the Richmond Tigers on debut yeah. and having a great game in the AFL Grand Final. That, is, that, that will never be matched, that story of Marlon Pickett and the Richmond Tigers. From jail to the in, premiership. Incredible. Absolutely an amazing story. Never to be beaten in Australian sport. But, but on the other side, of course, you've got the Raiders, 25 years, the Englishman, the rebirth of the club with Ricky Stewart, who's been much criticised. He couldn't get it done. He, you know, he wasn't... A great coach without 
great players, and but you could say that about any coach. So um, there are so many storylines. You know, Jared Croker has been there. He was the in that 2008 uh, under 20 Holden Cup team that won the first very. Uh, national youth competition back in 2008. They beat the Broncos. He's the only player from that team who's still playing in first grade with the Canberra Raiders. He played against Josh Maguire and Ben Hunt in, and they beat them in the in the grand final for the Broncos. But so he's a great story. The captain, he's, he's you know, he'll, his name will be littered through the, the, the record books as far as Canberra in their history. Points, tries, uh, games, he might well, you know, track down Jason Croker as well and play the most games for the Raiders. So his name will be so prominent and, he, you know, he might go his through, through his career and never win a grand final. But that would be a great story in itself. And you mentioned, like, Sia Soliola comes back, just wanted to see if he could play at the end of his career and get a few games. Well, he got more than a few games. He's been a, a real key factor now for them as well. So, you know, there are great chance Nickel Klockstad. Yes. Yeah, what about that? God, what, I mean, what a story. So, you know, I, I love those backstories and the chance to you know, communicate them during the game. And sometimes you don't. I had a million stories up my sleeve for Friday night, but the game was so gripping and so tight that you don't get a chance to, you know, to go through yeah. those stories. So I've got some up my sleeve, yeah. potentially, if I'm calling the game on Sunday. Um, well, I guess we'll find out. I had to throw all my prep out the window for the Storm Roosters because I was running around like a headless chook chasing all the drama. But I'd done it, you know, you do your prep on every play. You've got something in case they do something good. And most of it I didn't even get to use because you've got to follow the bounce of the ball. Exactly. Mm. The best stuff goes unused. What about this for a scenario? The Roosters bolt ahead 12-0, the likes of Boyd Cordner and uh, Luke Keary scoring tries. Sam Verrills hits the crossbar with a field goal attempt. We go to extra time. This is a story. Extra time, 30 years on from a a famous grand final. Who is the Raiders' Bench forward to score in extra time. Is it M. Ray Gula, like Steve Corey Horsburgh, or Dunamis Louie? Who is the modern day Steve Jackson? Dunamis. Dunamis, who. He's a favourite of theirs. Yeah, and One. he went and had an amazing try-scoring drought. Didn't score for season after so I've tra- season. Have I chosen the one that just won't score? He no, scored one try this season. It would be it'd be a quirk if it was Dunamis because <laughs> uh, he would be very much out of the Steve Jackson mould. If there's nobody on a massive uh, try-scoring drought for the Raiders... Uh, Dunamis had one before he scored from memory earlier this season. He was 60-something games, 68 games or more. Yeah, Emre Gould has played uh, 13 games, hasn't scored as yet. Corey Horsburgh, same thing, 21 games, hasn't scored. Everybody else in the Raiders team has scored a try, Not quite obviously not in a grand final, though. But they've all scored... Um, somewhere in their last 10 games. Or it's Lindsay Collins for the Roosters. <laughs> Lindsay Collins. Well, there the you go. who missed out last year, yeah. didn't he, when Dylan Napa uh, played. So, you know, there's another story. There's a story in every player. Yeah. And if it's half as good, half as good as the 89 grand final 30 years on, we'll be very satisfied league viewers. And Jared Warrior Hargreaves coming back mm. probably means Lindsay Collins again misses out. Mm. You're right. This a real team true. player doing well, his job and then... Uh, you know, gladly sitting back and watching on on Sunday as uh, as the team goes about their business against the Canberra Raiders. Now, just another reminder <laughs> before we wrap things up that throughout the NRL finals, this podcast is brought to you by Maccas. You can download the Monopoly game and play on the app to win prizes. I haven't had a crack at the app. <laughs> I'm more just to peel the uh, peel the weight, the stickers off the you know the cups or the outside of the via. 
chicken box or whatever else the, the stickers come on. I, don't, I haven't had a crack at the app, though. So uh, final tips. Um, let's go. I'm going to go through all three. I'm going to tip the Dragons to win the NRLW, the Mighty Blue Bags to win the state championship. Now, the Queensland are under pressure, aren't they? Because yeah. apart from it, was Ipswich under the, uh, the Walker Brothers, the last Queensland team to win the Super Bowl? Got to go through the Super Bowl winners, and I think the uh, I can't remember whether the, the Dragons uh, won the uh, the New South Wales Cup a couple of years ago. Were on the drink for a week and then came out and belted, absolutely yeah. belted uh, the Kummels or the, or the Hunters. Was it the Hunters? It was the Hunters. I, I remember Penrith were commanding winners as well one year. Yeah, I remember seeing the Dragons uh, reserve grade team go past me in Wollongong in the bus and the bus was swaying from side to side <laughs> like most of the occupants inside. And I thought to myself, I've got to play another game in three or four days. Right. And sure enough, they came out and ideal preparation paid off. They won. Have you got the list of winners? Anyone mm, got the list of... No. Anyway. No, I haven't. Go to Sorry. the record book. Go to the records. Look up the winners of your state championship and, and just see. I, I'm pretty sure. I, you know, I'm pretty sure that the New South Wales teams have dominated. Maybe after yeah, the Ipswich Jets uh, would have been good. The Jets versus the Jets, wouldn't it? Ipswich versus Newtown. And yeah. then the Roosters by two in the grand final. Two. Yeah. Thrilling finish. Close. Yeah. Okay. Low scoring, close, edgy seat, gripping, and the Roosters back to back. Where do we sit with that? Back-to-back for the first time since 92-93 or 96-97? Because 92-93 is the last time it was a unified competition. And for me, that's where we should go back to yeah. when we say back-to-back. Yeah, 97-98. 97-98, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Broncos in Super League in that's 97 right. and then in, yeah. back in a unified competition uh, the next year in 98. Agreed. Tips are Burley, uh, NRLW, Dragons, surprise. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to say... The main thing, the Roosters will win it comfortably. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to the Raiders fans. Burley uh, in the uh, Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> Broncos in the NRLW, GF, yes. and um, and then Roosters by Roosters by six. All that, let's, let's make it seven. Oh. Because if it is a six point lead, somebody, Cooper Cronk, Luke Keary, will kick a field goal. So Roosters by seven. Or Latrell Mitchell could kick the field goal. Or Latrell Mitchell. It might be the old Number fake. Number two. Yeah. The old fake again with Cooper out there screaming with his hands out in front of him saying, give me the ball, give me the ball. And they, Sam Verrills or Go the other way. Vic Radley, who fired that great pass. One of the great underrated moments of the season, Vic Radley's pass to Latrell Mitchell to kick that field goal at Amy Park when they beat them down there earlier in the season. Are we back next week, Was to wrap up the grand final? Do our loyal listeners have reason to download our gold again? Uh, early on Tuesday morning. Okay. Very early on Tuesday morning, perhaps. I don't know. We'll, we'll work it out. But, uh, yeah, we might have a, a break on Monday. I've got to go to uh, Brisbane at some point um, with the kids and do the, uh, some school holiday thing and see the... Uh, I thought you were advising Anthony Seabold. See their, see their grandfather. Well... I thought it would be golf. Anthony Seabold, speaking of Brisbane... Over uh, under 85. Over under Brody Croft being the halfback for <laughs> the Brisbane Broncos next year, giving that uh, Anthony Seabold was having coffee with him in a Sydney... Uh, was it a Sydney cafe? Yeah. Yep. East uh, Sydney, Stanley last, Street. Last week. There you go, down there in East Sydney. Mm. So uh, Maybe I, we can yeah. talk about some of our big predictions for player movements We next, should do that as well. Week. That is all to come next week. Enjoy the grand final. Have a great week, you Raiders and Roosters fans. It should be massive whether you go for those teams or not as well. And until then, you can take me now. I've seen it all.